you, you've got the tools with you and you've also starting to pick up the experience and you're starting to pick up tools of the trade and you're starting to know how to read the weather and how to manage that storm as well so that you can make decisive decisions to navigate outside of the storm. Unfortunately, when we're going across the Mediterranean, we just happen to... Hello and welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I'm so glad you're here with us this week. My guest, Lloyd Kane, is the founder of Kane Business Coaching, which provides a professional executive coaching service to small and medium-sized enterprises worldwide. I am so happy to have him here today to talk to me about resilience and how that uh, skill really helps someone who's a world traveler. Welcome, Lloyd. Thank you for having me, Donovan. It's great to be here and talking to you about resilience. Yeah, my pleasure. I uh, am really glad to have you here because I feel that you really bring a, a unique perspective to moving through space like moving through space is a really big deal right and usually it's a place of friction for us we are in our homes we're in our hometowns we've figured out our area we say okay we know what to do we can figure out how to be happy under these circumstances right um because we know how to shop in the grocery store because we figured out what aisle has the thing we want right and uh, when you are, as you are, someone who, who goes out into the world, it's a whole different experience. So I can't wait to hear more about that. Uh, before we get to that topic, can you just tell me a little bit about what you do and how you do it? And I didn't mention that you're in South Africa, so uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Cool. Thanks, Donovan. So yeah, as a business coach, I focus primarily on the small to medium-sized enterprises, as you mentioned. And the focus is really to get them to think long-term. Where do we want this business to be in five to 10 years' time? So it's looking at what's over the horizon. And yes, there are going to be challenges and struggles to get there. And that's where the resilience comes in, is to have that long-term goal and how you're going to navigate to get to that long-term goal at the end of the day. And so I work alongside my clients to create that mindset of rather than surviving this month and, you know, let's figure it out next month. It's this is what we want in five years. This is what we want in 10 years. And now we're going to work backwards and start with, okay, so from next week onwards, what needs to start to happen and then so on and so on. Because it's easier to create that goal and it's easier to develop that resilience when we have something to work towards and then we can break it off in little bite-sized chunks. I mean, there's a lovely African proverb. If you want to eat an elephant, you take many small pieces and bring the whole village with you to help you along the way. Yeah, I like that image that you really would need to accomplish a big goal. You really need people. You need help and you need... I love the image that you just talked about with resilience about knowing the end goal, right? So if my end goal, end, end midpoint, whatever, uh, you know, that five-year goal or 10-year goal is a specific thing, then resilience is really different than if my two-month goal doesn't get met, right? Because my bounce back, that's, that's that image of resilience is sort of where do we bounce back to? And bouncing back to a five-year goal is 
so uh you can you can still see it you haven't missed it there's no judgment right you can go okay course correct here we go exactly uh resilience isn't about you know getting everything perfect it's it really talks about just being constant in trying to get to where you need to be so you are going to have those challenges you are going to have those failures but are you going to be a deer in headlights when that failure happens and sometimes people do end up being like that they're like I failed. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. I, I, I just can't. And the resilience is going, okay, you've hit a bit of a wall. Let's step back. Let's think about that. And then let's start moving forward again. Yes. And the, the long-term goal, that vision, right? That horizon yeah. vision really can give you a barometer of, of, you know, it's a blip. It really is a blip. Whatever you're going through at this moment, it's a blip. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, if if I just take into context in South Africa at the moment, we're going through a thing called load shedding. So this is where the government shuts the electricity off for a set amount of time every single day. In every region in the country, we're on a schedule and we know when the power's going off. Yeah, long term, we want the power to be reliable again. But right now, we're coming up with different solutions. So, you know, we're developing that resilience going, what can we do individually and as a community to try to make this, this end goal achievable? And so we've got different solutions. And yeah, it's like you say, it's a blip on the radar. And just keep moving forward. Yeah, that's great. So uh, now you started to tell me a little bit about your travel and you have fascinating travel stories but i'd love to hear from you a little bit about um how resilience plays into it and you know resilience kind of has this you you have this sense when you hear the word resilience that you've something happened and then you recovered end of story right (laughs) and uh from the stories that you and i have shared today uh in our pre-interview things happened and you lived in them (laughs) and then you learned something along the way that changed your life and there was resilience so i'd love to hear a little bit about those stories and and how that impacts you let's start with uh, with one of my favorites which is when i started in the in the yachting industry i'd been in the middle east for 2 years i'd been volunteering on a kibbutz and you know that was that was a fun experience but there were a few things that happened there and i decided okay i've got to see something else in the world and carry on moving forward and my brother told me about working on these super yachts and he was like you know what you get paid to travel the world so how does that sound to you i'm like you had me at travel the world the pay part that's just the cherry on top you know I'm not motivated by being paid lots of money I just want to see the world because the world is huge why wouldn't you want to get out there and experience cultures and see different locations so I came back to Cape Town and I was like if I'm going to make this happen I need to learn how to sail a boat so I go down to the yacht club and I, I learn the basics so that's how to tie knots what pieces of lines to pull on a boat, what do the sails do, the pointy bit of the boat to the flat bit of the boat, and try not to fall off and kill yourself. And I did it in the the winter period here in Cape Town. So winter here, it's cold, it's wet, it's miserable, it rains, it's just, mm -mm, hate it. And I went out for three days, and I got horrendously sick every single day. Like, I, I get seasick, and I get bad seasickness. 
but I kept going back. And in my mind, I was like, if I can survive the worst that this weather can throw at me on a little boat, being uncomfortable and wet and miserable, then anything else after that, it's going to be plain sailing. And I guarantee you that is 90% of the time. So there I already started building the resilience. It was, I wanted to get back to Europe. I wanted to get working on these boats. I wanted to get to seeing the world. And in order for me to achieve that goal, I had to start right down at the bottom. And it was good to have done it during the winter rather than the summer, because summer here is great. The water's beautiful. It's calm breeze. Lovely. But now what happens if you hit a storm? Like, what are you going to do then? How are you going to get through that? So having learned how to sail in worst conditions possible helped me with that resilience. And then from there, I managed to get onto a, a delivery from Cape Town to Gocek in Turkey. So we went up the west coast of Africa and then across the Mediterranean. That should be about two months. It lasted two and a half months to get there. And mainly because... One, we had disagreements on the boat. So the first mate and the captain, when they were sailing, they didn't see eye to eye. And me, just having learned how to sail, I'm like, I'm out of this. I'm just here to get to Europe. You know, that that's my objective. But on the way, when we got to St. Helena, I, I was done. I didn't want to be a part of this boat. There was a lot of, it was a very toxic working environment. Very different to my experience in the Middle East, where everyone came together as a community to achieve a long-term goal, here was, you know, it's it's what I need and what I want. So it was self-preservation. But Sintelina is in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. There's, you can only get to it by boat. They've now recently built a, an airport there, so you can fly there. It's quite expensive, but when I was there, yeah, could only get to it by sea and the supply ship had just left so i can't get off the boat here and now i had to say to myself okay it's not a great situation but if i can stick it out till we get to gibraltar then i'll be okay or let's see how the rest of the trip goes maybe things will get better because there's always I, I i'm like maybe it will get better it was like learning how to sail yeah, there's going to be good weather on the horizon. So let's keep going. And the trip up to Gibraltar took about a month. And we added time on that trip. And the reason being is because when the captain was on watch, he believed that we go further out to sea to pick up higher winds so we can go faster. And the first mate was like, no, we're going to go closer into shore because there's a stronger current that can push us along. And then when I came up on watch, I was like straight up the middle because I was in conflict of who to listen to and who, who had my interests at heart. So we added a good two weeks to the trip, get to Gibraltar. The first mate jumps ship. He's done. He's out of here. And I'm thinking I need to do the same because I'm now in a, I'm in a position now where I've got options. I can maybe get away from, from the boat, but I didn't have money. So I can't actually leave. I'll, I'll only get some sort of payment once the boat gets to Turkey. So again, I had to dig deep and dig down into that resilience and go, okay, well, Lloyd, the end goal is, you know, you, you're almost in Europe. You've got to get back to France. It's just, it's just across the med. How bad can it be? 
So the little narration in the back of my mind is like, it's not that bad. And then the other narration is going, it's really that bad. Like, you should leave this boat now. Why are you sticking it out? I'm like, no, 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 no. Can't be that bad. Anyway, could it get worse? It did get worse. So we leave Gibraltar. Two days into the trip, we run out of cooking gas, which means we can't make a cup of tea. We can't cook hot food and everything's cold. And we're also stuck in this weather system that's moving across the Mediterranean with us. So we're constantly in a storm, basically. Morale is rock bottom. You just, you don't want to be there. It's miserable. It's disheartening. And you're just like, why? I, I should have listened to my guts. Should have left in Gibraltar already. So two weeks, managed to get across to Turkey. And I kid you not, the moment that boat got tied up, I was out of there. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this happen to me again. And for me, that was quite a defining moment because it helped me to also achieve the goal I wanted to when I got to France, which was to, you know, just stick it out for a bit. So yeah, one, once I got to Turkey, um, they paid me out for for the trip. I got on a plane from Turkey to France, and now I'm sort of like, yeah, things are gonna get a little bit easier. And not quite yet. There were, there were still a few more hard knocks to go along the way, but it wasn't as bad as being on the boat. Now I could at least get a hot meal, could sleep in a comfortable bed. Like things were on the up and up, but they weren't quite where I needed them to be. But, you know, I was getting there. Nice. That's, that is quite a tale, right? It's, the, <laughs> it's like a real... We've gone on this massive journey with you, which is so, so wonderful. Two of the things that I heard in you, one is is the constant storm. So for you, it was reality. But yes. for us here in this conversation, it is a beautiful metaphor for what goes on internally when we want something, but we don't believe it will happen, right? It's, it's exactly what you were going through. I think it's going to get better. You're not. You're kidding. That's not really going to happen. Come on. Right. And yeah. so when we do that internally, you were doing the same thing that the storm does, right? The wind is blowing this way. No, it's not. It's blowing that way. Oh, the water's everywhere. Okay. When we know that and we say, okay, there is this back and forth in me and how am I weathering that storm? What am I doing in that storm internally? And what I heard from you was hope that that's a key element to that resilience that to get through to the next place you kept telling yourself hey i i think it's going to be a better choice if i can get to the next place i have hope that it will be okay to get there maybe i've been through the worst of it exactly it, that that hope is critical to ensuring that the resilience gets you through what you're going through because if we don't have that at the end of the day then resilience means nothing then all you're doing is you you're self-mutilating your, your yourself honestly so the hope was i know we're going to get to the next port and i'm, I'm hoping we're going to get there safely there, there needs to be some self-preservation in this but the boat wasn't sinking we had all the safety gear so you know you, you've got the tools with you 
and you've also starting to pick up the experience and starting to pick up tools of the trade and you're starting to know how to read the weather and how to manage that storm as well so that you can make decisive decisions to navigate outside of the storm unfortunately when we're going across the Mediterranean we just happen to be stuck in a massive storm but whilst we were in the Atlantic Ocean we had beautiful days where there were no storms um the worst part of the trip really in the Atlantic was actually leaving Cape Town for about four days it was high seas it was really rough and that's just the way the continental shelf works um, on the African shoreline but once you get over that it's it's really plain sailing so there there, there is already you, you've been exposed to that sense of hope right and now yeah you get to the next ports and it's not exactly what you want it to be so that's where you need to make that decision that's I think where the resilience really kicks in so yeah in Gibraltar I could have been like yep that's it I've done my I've done my bits I've done what's necessary now I'm going to leave but what if I stay and I get to the next place and it's better and it honestly was once we got to Turkey it was it was great I mean I was in a much better headspace and things could work much better but to have given up so soon would have been a lot worse you know I've and I've had people where now moving on a little bit when I was looking for a job now on another boat there were other crew members flying into France and they were expecting to land the job within a week or two the reality is you're looking at about a month because you're competing with all of these other deckhands everyone's got the same amount of skills there are other people who've got at least a season's experience so what makes you a differentiator to all of them what makes you stick out and for me it was the resilience it was now I've been through some really bad things and I can still stick it out and there were these guys coming over expecting to get a job in two weeks and they're not two weeks they're like no that's it I can't I'm going back home and in my mind I was like it's only been two weeks like honestly two weeks you can do another week and they were like I just can't so they hadn't I think they were still going through some massive internal storm and they weren't able to navigate it and their their solution was I'm going to turn tail and go back home I'm going to go back to what's comfortable and the, I think now resilience is also you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and that's that's where resilience really shines yeah so I think so much as you talk about this about your business model right you're talking to people about long-term plans and yes. you know when we just look at this story under that light and we say okay you knew the long-term plan was to get to Europe and have that dream and be whatever that was However, the short term plan did not match it. Now, this is, I think, really important when we're working in business and in family situations, right? No matter if we're in our personal lives or we're in, right? So we wanna, maybe we wanna get married and have kids, right? There's gonna be some storms along the way, right? And, exactly. and we may feel like the discomfort that you're talking about is just too great. And this concept of giving up too soon, I think is central. And I know that it happens in my work that people feel like I talk about joy all the time, right? That's what I talk about. And people feel like, oh yeah, fine, easy for you. You're happy. Or they feel like I, I'm joyous, I'm happy yeah. because I have 10% of my life where I laugh, right? Or whatever that adds up to. 
And when you're looking at a long-term satisfaction level and really a juicy life that you love, 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 right? That that doesn't come along because the circumstances line up for you, right? Like, that comes along because you learn how to weather storms and to stop noticing so much how much you hate not having hot tea and to say, hey, things are going to be better. The, the circumstances will improve in the future. And in the meantime, I'm going to stick where I am. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to find peace in this storm. And that is, uh, I think, a skill that that we all need. We really need that. I mean, even on on that, it's 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 not also just about developing the resilience. It's also about being able to ask for help when you need it. And I find with the clients who I work with, and even going back to my own personal experience having worked on the boats, you can't sail a boat alone. I mean, you can but you can't sell big boats alone. You need to have a crew, you need to have a team, and there needs to be that support. When that support falls away, that's when people don't want to work on the boat anymore. They don't want to be there. They want to get off as soon as possible. And I had that very same feeling. I'm like, this captain's terrible. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just, I hate this. Like he doesn't have my interest at heart. Why then am I going to put in the effort to get the boat where it needs to be just to stroke his ego? But when you have those crew members who do rally around you, who do support you, it changes everything around. It, it it then turns that resilience into not just that hope, but also that joy that you're speaking about. Because now all of those three elements come together really nicely. And in a home situation or in a business situation, sometimes you can feel very much alone. And yeah, you might have the resilience to, to get through it alone, but is it worth it? But when you've got other people alongside you, who are there with you to weather that storm and to navigate out of it, maybe even give you a new idea or a new perspective that that helps you get through that storm quicker and come out on the other side in a better headspace, in a better direction. Um, so I think it's, it's also a resilience. You need to, you really need to be able to ask for help, even if you think you know everything. Yeah. You really remind me of this uh, moment in my life where I was opening a new store. I, I ran a chain of stores and uh, I was opening a new store and it was a, a really new concept store and uh, everything got behind schedule. And it wasn't, I mean, it had to do with the building and th some things that were out of my control. However, it didn't change the fact that it was still behind schedule and the bills are due and there's no customers yet because you can't open because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And when you're under those kinds of pressure, what happens to you in those moments about whether you end up with diamonds inside, right? Or just a bunch of coal <laughs> is, oh. is really has a lot to do with how you weather each day, how you go home at night, how you talk to yourself on the inside. And even when you're winning, right? Even when things are like, yeah, I did get this part done and I did get that part done and we're we're getting back on schedule and life is working out for me. Even when we're in those moments to notice how we speak to ourselves internally because we can easily say, I, I did the problem, but everybody else did the solution. <laughs> Right. I right. So really noticing what is that internal story that you're that you're 
in here yapping to yourself all the time uh, and how are you involving people in your solutions, right? How are you involving people in the moving forward portion? No, that internal monologue is sometimes the biggest barrier to actually having the resilience, developing the resilience, having the hope and getting to that joyful end goal. And it's changing that internal monologue and saying, you know, sometimes you 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 can't do it alone. Sometimes, yeah, if things are out of your control, they're out of your control, but you can still affect the things that are in your control. So start looking at that and start spinning it in a positive direction rather than, oh, it's out of my control or it is what it is. I mean, that, I hate that phrase. It is what it is because it's not. You can change it and you have the power to change it. But when people start saying that, I'm like, oh, okay. So you've you've given up. Like, no, come on. Um, but that internal monologue, yeah, again, it is it is the biggest barrier I find, especially with clients. You know, they're going, oh, but Lloyd, this is just how business is done. And I'm going, why? Explain to me. And they go, oh, but you know, this is how they did it for 20 years. I'm going, yeah, that was 20 years ago. We're now in 2023. Why are you still doing it that way? And then the penny drops and they go, oh, yeah, okay, maybe you've got a point. Mm -hmm. So again, it's it's breaking through that internal monologue as mm -hmm. well. And opening up to change. That's a, that's a lovely moment of really finding the way to open ourselves up and say, oh, maybe the unquestionable is questionable. Maybe exactly. there's something new for me and that it yeah, will yeah. bring me to new heights in my in my business yeah very interesting for me with that change human beings love change but it's change we can control you know i want to change my clothes i want to change my car i want to change the restaurant that i go to to eat human beings hate change but this is the change that we can't control business is going in a new direction customers are looking for a new product the pandemic forces us all to work at home those type of changes where you don't have direct control we hate it and for me, having worked on the boats, weather is a constant change and you have to adapt to that weather. You have to read the weather in such a way and make those decisions that says, am I going to push through this weather regardless of what it is? Or am I going to hold back and wait for it to pass and then head out there? So being open to change and, and having a little bit more foresight, not just in survival mode, helps immensely for for being comfortable with change because we shouldn't change for the sake of changing because then all you're doing is you're actually just going back to the same thing at the end of the day we shouldn't change for the sake of changing can you talk a little bit more about that when i say something like that it's it's a case of are you are you changing for the right reasons are you are you doing it because everybody else is doing it and it looks good or are you changing because you truly believe that what you're doing is going to make an impact in society? So, you know, if, if the neighbors paint their house, why do you need to change the color of your house? But if, if you're finding that your home is now being too restrictive and you need to expand it, then change could be a good thing. You know, start looking at that. It's, it's subjective, unfortunately, and not one change is going to fit everybody. So it, it is about understanding that that notion. Yeah, it really does speak to the to the looking within. You know, with my clients, we really work at what is inside and what is that um, calling to express. Right? What do we want to express in the world? 
and how do we feel about it right because then we judge ourselves once we do a little expressing uh, like start a business or uh, you know be a success have people tell us we're wonderful it's one of the biggest killers of the internal monologue is when everyone around you is telling you you're amazing wonderful you are a superstar there's trouble on your horizon inside. <laughs> so, so that's a, that's a place to to. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. Everybody would want somebody to say how great they are, but the the truth is, it is very very difficult to ignore what's being said about you, to ignore external stimuli when it's really good. <laughs> and then it's not always really good it changes yeah. right so <laughs> true, then you have true, no true. skills yeah yeah no 100 percent. i mean for me I'm, I'm i'm probably the worst person to to take a compliment because i don't feel i deserve it and people are like lloyd just take the damn compliment i'm like okay okay i'll, I'll try and i'll really put some effort into it and yeah when i do take it i'm like okay they, they actually appreciate what i'm what i'm trying to do here and yeah that makes me feel great but I, I always try to turn it back around and go, no, but this is about you. This is about the clients and, and pushing them forward and building that resilience, you know, so that when they hit those hard times, they're, they're able to, to change enough to get through it. Yeah. One of the central things that people who come to me and want to work with me are looking for is that wonder of being themselves, right? That that ability to say, yeah, this is cool. I am kind of cool. I like myself. It's okay exactly. for me to say yes to me as well as yes to you. And and that makes interactions so much deeper and richer when you can really show up in the wholeness of you without that um that judgment of like maybe i'm not all that which we yeah. all go through don't we that imposter syndrome it's it, it is it's massive and i think it also it, it creates more of a loudspeaker to our internal monologue mm -hmm. when we experience imposter syndrome so it is yeah <laughs> i don't want to say it but it is what it is and it needs to change <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, I will, of course, link everything on all the all the sites that we that this podcast goes out on. But I would love to uh, give you the opportunity to just let's talk about how can people get in touch with you? And, and is there anything special going on you'd like to let our listeners know? So on social media, I'm on LinkedIn and then all my contact details are there as well. Well, thank you for being here. And I want to thank everybody for being here with us today and listening and taking your time to really experience this podcast together. So I will see you next week.